Hey everyone, it is September 2020. And you know what that means? All month long, we are celebrating the one year anniversary of the release of my Amazon best selling book, Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle. So here's what I ask you to do go to Instagram and go to my account, the.freedomlifestyle, the.freedomlifestyle. And throughout the month, of September, we're gonna be announcing a number of special activities and events. Guess what, right now, if you go to Kindle, you can get the Kindle version of my book for just 99 cents. But we're also gonna be announcing special book giveaways, hardcover signed copies of my book, a new special email course I'll be offering. That's throughout the month of September. But to learn more about it, go to Instagram and look up my account, the, T-H-E dot freedom lifestyle. We're marking the one year anniversary of the release of Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle throughout the month of September, and I want you to be a part. What does the word freedom mean to you? Only you can define it in your life, and only you can decide to build the life of freedom and fulfillment you deserve. This is Freedom Mindset Radio. I'm your host, Kurt Mercadante, and we're grateful you're here. Hey everyone, this is Kurt Mercadante with the Freedom Media Network here with another incredible interview with someone who is changing the world. We're here with T.K. Coleman. He's the Director of Entrepreneurial Education with the Foundation for Economic Education and host of their incredible program, Revolution of One. T.K., thanks for joining us today. Hey man, it's good to be here. Hi, right, T.K., there's one set question. It's the only set question I ever have for anyone on this program, and that is this, the word freedom. What does that word mean to you? recognizing that I have the permission and the power to be the predominant creative force in my own life. It's understanding that that power does not begin with a discussion of external realities. It begins with an affirmation of internal reality, that I am not powerful because I happen to have the president that I want. I am not powerful because it happens to be the case that my circumstances agree with me. I am powerful because I choose to be a causative force in my own experience. I am powerful because I choose to be an individual who has an impact on his world without asking anyone or anything for permission. I am powerful because it is a state of mind. Uh, there, there's an illustration I heard once of a, of a father and his son, and the little son was running around and the father told him, hey, I want you to sit down. And the son you know, doesn't listen. He keeps running around. The father says, sit down. Son keeps doing the same thing. The father stands up. The little boy sees that he means business. And so he sits down and the father you know, nods approvingly and goes about his business. And then the son says, I'm still standing up on the inside, nice. right? So here was an illustration of someone who experienced what it was like to have less power than someone who was bigger than him, than someone who had the ability to physically threaten him and perhaps coerce him to sitting down. But he still understood that real power comes from intentionality, right? That no matter how you lord over me in the physical realm, I always have the ability to stand up from the inside. And throughout human history, wherever and whenever human beings have affirmed that fundamental truth, they have been able to figure out how to become free externally. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever read Eric Butterworth, the author Eric Butterworth. He was a, a minister in the Unitarian, or yeah. sorry, the Unity Church. But he talks about the fact that, listen, if, you know, humans millennia ago, we were in caves, right? Yeah. And if we never used the power of our creative minds, if we favored that security, we would never ventured out from the cave. And when we ventured out from the cave, 
I mean, my goodness, the wild beasts that were out there, the environment, we didn't survive because of our brawn. It was that creative force in our mind that taught us how to make tools and then weapons and technology, whatever that technology was then and whatever that technology is now. So it's always been there, right? It's always been there. And, you know, people have been so conditioned to think of power as something that exists everywhere except in the individual that they have subscribed to these irrational beliefs that make them dismiss this kind of talk as fluff. And I always say to people, if you find yourself laughing at the idea of individual power, ask yourself who's laughing at you as you're laughing at that. Mm -hmm. Like who wins when you believe that the individual lacks power? It's certainly not you. And anytime someone other than you is winning, when you subscribe to a belief, you might wanna rethink that belief. My agenda in life, it's not to create a society in which every person feels free. It's to create the kind of individual who can figure out to be free in any society. Because here's what people overestimate about politics. There is no way you can set this world up politically in a way that gives us the kind of freedom that can't be given away. To truly be free means that I can choose enslavement, right? And so if you have a world where people don't believe in their own power, they don't respect themselves, they will always be willing to trade in away their freedom for the promise of free goodies. We'll always have deceptive politicians and we get so angry at them. These politicians are promising you free goodies in exchange for your freedom, but the politicians aren't the ones that we need to worry about. In a world where people respect their personal power, those politicians immediately become irrelevant. In a world where people don't, those politicians become immensely powerful. How do we deal with this at the root cause, not at the level of the symptom? By pausing our discussions on politics for five minutes and revisiting discussions on the creative power of the individual. And it's so interesting because in this world of tribalism, I interviewed Randy Gage a few months ago on this program. We talked about tribalism and people lacking uh, fundamental meaning in their lives, and that's why people join gangs, that's why they latch to religions without, certain religions, not everyone, without any critical thinking, that's why they may latch to a political party. And what you're talking about, even having that discussion, people, in this day and age, and I don't know if it's more polarized than it's ever been. I mean, if people read their history books, I mean, during World War II, we didn't have Fox News or CNBC reporting. There were people on the floor of Congress calling people yellow, calling people cowards. I mean, you go back centuries, we had people getting beaten almost to death on the floor of Congress. So I don't know if we're more polarized. But what I think now is you have that discussion about the fact that freedom, you know, you were born with freedom. Do you give it away or do you keep it? No matter who's in power, you now suddenly are part of the problem because you don't want to talk about politics. And if you don't want to talk about politics, that means you de facto support whoever is in the White House. And if you support who's in the White House, you're this and that, whoever it is. It happened when Obama was in the White House. It happens now in Trump. If you don't do your civic duty by getting angry on Facebook, by giving away your freedom, then you are somehow less responsible than others. We're seeing it now with coronavirus. I posted something yesterday like, listen, me seeing every single new case and every single new death of coronavirus in Italy, in Iran, wherever it is, does not make me any more effective to fight it, to deal with it, or by the way, to keep building my company and taking care of my family. I had people who said, no, 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 no. You're demonizing public education. I said, there's a difference between public education and corona porn. You know, sitting there, story after story after story. But you could take that from coronavirus. You can apply it to politics. You can apply it to just about anything, right? And people, people give away their freedom for that. That they attach their meaning to whatever it is. I guess. One hundred percent, man. You know, I tell people all the time. I don't want to talk about what the president's doing. 
I wanna talk about what you're doing. Now, maybe we can talk about both. We don't have to have an either or perspective, but if I had to choose one, I'd rather talk about what you're doing. And, and some people get it twisted. They may say, oh, you're, you're being politically correct. You're taking the easy way out. My first response to that is, excuse me? <laughs> have you taken a look at your world? Do you honestly believe that opting out of political discussions is politically correct? Yeah, Please right. wake up and pay attention, <laughs> right? But, but here's the second thing. I actually think infatuation with politics can be a form of hiding. Because here's one of the things that politics allows us to do. It gives us the convenience of saying things like, hey, I voted for the right guy. Hashtag not my president, right? Hashtag not my senator. I did what I was supposed to do. I wrote my letter to the senator. I showed up to the voting booth and I voted. Because let's be real. People aren't showing up and actually doing something to try to change the world 365 days a week. The overwhelming majority of people are casting their vote, and then if they win, they say, yay, the world is right for the next four years. And if they lose, they become depressed, they become afraid. And who are you helping in that state? There's nothing wrong with feeling that way, but you can't equate moods with morality. You can't equate emotions with ethics. It's okay to feel angry at your world, but until you translate that anger into creative and constructive action, it means nothing. So when you talk about the creative power of the individual, that's more pressure because now I put pressure on myself to take care of my body, to treat my family and friends with respect, to actually talk to homeless people, no matter how smelly they might be, rather than to say this person ought to do something about those homeless people over there <laughs> that I never have to interact with, right? It's much easier to, to vote than to volunteer my actual time than to take responsibility for my world. It's not the easy way out, it's the hardest way out. That's why it's the way of freedom, because freedom is always easier to avoid than to fight for. 